This morning's reading is a very short one, uh, but Jonathan urged me to say, do listen or you might miss it. But it's, it's about Jesus' baptism. Last week, uh, we were thinking of John the Baptist or John the Baptizer, and it all fits with our lovely service today. So I'm reading from Luke chapter 3, and it's just verses 21 and 22. When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. This is the word of the Lord. Good morning, everybody. Thank you, Liz, for spinning that out as long as you could. <laughs> uh, welcome, everybody. My name's Jonathan G. I'm the vicar here. Welcome, especially if you're a visitor among us, you're here for the first time. Uh, we've been going through Luke's gospel for a bit over a year now. Um, and uh, next week, we'll be picking it up again where we got to Luke's sort of chapter 20, mornings and evenings through to Easter. And if you want to know where we are, as Eleanor said, the Sunday sermons are available on a card so you can know where we're going. Uh, we're just staying with Jesus' baptism, these early days after Christmas. We've had the Christmas story and we thought we'd just stay with Jesus' baptism. We knew we had this wonderful baptism service this morning. I'm going to lead in a prayer that God will speak to us. But as I do, when we were praying before the service, uh, as we, those of us leading do in the side chapel, someone had a picture. You know when you take, a, you take a photograph, you're taking it of something particular, but then when the photo's developed or you look at it, you see different things in there that you perhaps weren't aware of. You think, oh, I didn't notice that was going on. I'll look at that. That's my prayer for this passage today. For those who've been Christians for many years, this is a very, very familiar story. But I want to pray that God would show something fresh in it, either to remind you of something you may have forgotten or to see something new in it. That whether you are newly, whether you're exploring the Christian faith, in which case this may all be new, or whether you're an old-timer, we pray there'd be something fresh. So let's pray that together. Lord Jesus, we bow before you, the Lord of lords, the King of kings, the one risen from the dead, the one uh, through whom creation was made. And we know there's far more in you than we can possibly understand. So we pray as we look at this familiar story of your baptism, that just as you sent your spirit then you would send your spirit now on all of us, on those who are exploring Christian faith and wondering if this is true, will you open their eyes to see the truth and the wonder that we celebrate? On those of us who've been Christians for many years, we pray there'd be something fresh, something perhaps we need to be reminded of or see as if for the first time. So open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what you have to say and to show us today. And we ask it in your name. Amen. Baptism really is a very, very wonderful, wonderful thing. 
and a great joy to have the baptism of these two this morning. Having watched them growing up in this church family for, I don't know how many years now, uh, but a good number of years, the, a lot of their life. Such a joy to know that they, they've seen baptisms and they want to take this on for themselves. Uh, it may be that a baptism reminds you of your own baptism. It may be, like me, you were baptized before you were old enough to protest and you, uh, and you came to a living faith afterwards. Some have reaffirmed their baptism, some did it through confirmation. Uh, but baptism, it brings us back to the beginnings, to what is right at the heart of our faith. And at his baptism, we find Jesus is assured of the love of his heavenly Father. Uh, he is baptized, which symbolizes forgiveness of sins. We'll think about that a bit more. And he receives a fresh filling with the Holy Spirit. Now, we need all of those three, all of those three things. I want to think about those three things today. The love of the Father, the washing away of sin, and the filling of the Holy Spirit. They're not new things, but we all need to experience them more deeply. So first of all, the love of the Heavenly Father. Uh, what do you think? You can answer this question in the quietness of your heads. This is introvert joy and extrovert nightmare. Sometimes I need to talk to know what I'm thinking. But what do you think God thinks about you? If you had to write a sentence down, what do you think God thinks about you, really? It's an important question because how we relate to God, how we live in his world is affected dramatically by what we think God thinks about us. Some people think God is very distant. He's sort of up there. He doesn't really notice you, a bit like a distant relative who's aware that you exist but doesn't really know what's going on. And if you think that, you may think it may not matter very much to God what you do because he probably doesn't notice. It's not true, but some people think that. I think a great many more, particularly in church, think that God is disappointed in us. Yes, he's made us. Yes, he loves us. But he just wished we'd be a bit better at living his way. And we have the evil one, the Satan, the name Satan means the accuser. He will whisper in our ear continually, what a rubbish Christian you are. How hopeless you are. You might as well give up. God must be so disappointed in you. That's not the truth either. But if we think that, we look down, not up. We look in, not up to the Lord, and it affects everything. The truth that the scriptures resound with is that God delights in us. Uh, that when you become a Christian, you are adopted into God's family, and he absolutely loves you. Um, as a grandparent... Um, I have a sense of how easy it is to be besotted with grandchildren. Now, God loves you as a parent far more than the most doting parent or grandparent or uncle or aunt or relative. God loves us, and he wants us to be secure in that relationship. And at Jesus' baptism, God the Father assures Jesus of his deep love and delight in him. Let me read half of the whole reading again. Verse 22. A voice came from heaven. You are my son whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Now God the Father wants to say that to you. He might, if you're female, he might say you're my daughter whom I love. 
but to say that over each one of us. And because we're all tainted and damaged by sin, we struggle to receive this and believe it. So at the end of the sermon, I really want to pray that God, by his spirit, helps us to know God's delight and love in us. I need to know that more for me. You need to know that more for you. Uh, I'm always struck when I preach on this that Jesus hasn't yet started the ministry he's come to do. He's been 30 years growing up in the carpenter's workshop at Nazareth. He's no doubt helped Joseph out with some tables and chairs and some ox yokes and carts and maybe done some building. But that's not why he came. He came to be the saviour of the world, to reveal the love of the Father, to die for our sins. He hasn't started there. He hasn't done any miracles yet. He hasn't done any teaching yet. Um, and God the Father says he's pleased with him, not because of what he's done, but because of who he is. And there's a danger for all of us that we think God's only pleased with us because of what we do. And when we do things well, we might feel a bit of God's pleasure. When they go badly, we might think God's disappointed. The point is God loves you because he loves you because he loves you, because he made you long before you do anything. And if you put your security in doing things well, that security will go up and down by how well or badly things go. But when our security is in the fact that God loves us, and then everything flows from that, what a difference that is. And as we've gone through Luke's Gospel, we've done uh, 19 chapters so far, we've seen how Jesus' whole life and ministry flows from this relationship with the Father. Uh, when he was 12 in the temple, there he was, talking with them, saying to Mary and Joseph, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? He's drawn to knowing more of his father's love. We read in Luke 5, verses 15 and 16, uh, that Jesus, that last phrase, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. The more the crowds pressed in, the more he made time for his relationship with God the Father. I think some of us, when we get busy, the more our prayer time gets squeezed. With Jesus, it's the opposite. The more the crowds pressed in, the more he carved out time to draw strength from the Father. We find him occasionally praying all night. Uh, Luke 6, verse 12. One of those days, he went up on a mountainside to pray and spent the whole night. That was the night before he chose the disciples. Uh, it wasn't every night. He wouldn't have been able to function very well if he stayed up every night. That was very occasional but it was there before big decisions, praying the whole thing through. We find him praying on his own. Luke 9, verse 18. Once when Jesus was praying in private. We find him praying with others. Luke 9, verse 28. Uh, he took Peter, James, and John with him and went to a mountain to pray. And the disciples noticed this loving prayer relationship with his heavenly Father. And they said, Luke 11, uh, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And Jesus taught what we know as the Lord's Prayer, which starts, when you pray, say, Father. That's the most fundamental thing. That when we come to faith in Jesus, we are adopted into his family, and we can call God the Father, who made everything. He's the Father of Jesus. We can call him our Father as well. It's the most astonishing truth in the scriptures. Yes, God's the creator. Yes, he's the king. 
Yes, he's the judge. But the deepest truth, if you are a Christian, if you've bowed your knee to Jesus as Lord, the biggest truth about God is that he's your father. So, for example, John chapter 1, verse 12. We heard this at the Christmas reading. Have we got John 1, 12? We may not have got it. John 1, 12 says, To all who received him, there it goes, to all who received him, he gave the right to become children of God. When we receive Jesus, we're adopted into his family. John, in his old age, wrote a letter, 1 John 3, 1, where he's just marveling at the love of the Father. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Now, I don't know what you would have written down when I said, what does God think of you? But unless you've said, God's my Father and he delights in me, he lavishes his love on me, we haven't quite, we're missing something. Obviously, God knows everything about us and he wants to, us to be the people he's made us to be. But this is the fundamental truth. And he wants you to know it, he wants me to know it. And at the start of a new year, this is a great thing for us to pray for each other, that we would know this more individually and that as a church family, we would be full of the love of the Father. That's what we're full of. That's what we'll share with others. So I could go on more about that, as you know, uh, but I've got two other points, so we'll move on. Second thing about Jesus' baptism is what on earth was going on? Baptism symbolizes being cleansed from sin. The obvious question, why on earth was Jesus baptized when he never sinned? Um, the scriptures are very clear about that. His enemies are clear about it. They couldn't pin any sin on him. The only thing they could pin on him was claiming to be God, which if he was, was fair enough. Uh, his friends couldn't pin any sin on him. Now, there are people who may not know me that well um, who may think uh, I'm relatively good, that my children and family, those who know me, they will be able to pin all, they can tell you exactly all my sins. Jesus' disciples saw him close up and they could pin no sin on him. His enemies could pin no sin on him. So why on earth is Jesus being baptised when the water symbolises being washed clean of sin? What's going on? Luke doesn't address that question, but let's just sidestep into Matthew's Gospel, because Matthew records the same thing, and he, 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 he handles this. So Matthew uh, chapter, where have I got to? Matthew chapter 3, 13 to 15. Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John, but John the Baptist tried to deter him, saying, I should be baptized by you, and you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It's proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. So John the Baptist recognized that Jesus shouldn't really be baptized. But Jesus says, this is the right thing to do for me to fulfill all righteousness. It's, he is identifying fully with us, sinful men and women, in our humanity, in our fallen humanity. Now, on the cross when Jesus died, he was to take the sin of the whole world on him, my sin and yours, and he stretched his arms wide and paid the price for all our sin. At his baptism, he is identifying with us in that need for forgiveness, though he had no sin himself. Uh, he often spoke of the cross as his baptism that he had to be baptized with. There's an identification with sin that needs to be dealt with. 
And so while he didn't need forgiveness for himself, it's the start of that ministry that headed inevitably to the cross because we needed it. Now, normally, from about two weeks before Easter, the Sunday before Easter is Palm Sunday. The Sunday before that we call Passion Sunday when we focus on the passion of Jesus, his suffering for us. And over that two-week period, we really sort of focus on the cross. We've got this whole term as focusing on the cross, a sort of a long Holy Week. We're picking it up this evening, uh, next Sunday morning, Luke chapter 20, going through this heading for the cross. And this is an extraordinary gift to us as a church to really reflect on the cross. Sometimes we're so busy at Easter, it can almost bypass us. Or we may manage just to be still for one of the services. But we have a whole term going slowly through these last four chapters of Luke. Really as walking with Jesus the way of the cross, the gathering conflict with the authorities, the Last Supper, the, the instruction, the, the agony in the garden, the awfulness of that uh, last night before he was killed, and then the amazing dying on the cross for our sin so we could be forgiven. My second question this morning, my first one was, what do you think God thinks of you? Do you know he loves you? My second question is, do you know your sins are forgiven? We can know it up here. Do you know it deep down here? Jesus died so our sins are forgiven, so we can know God. Do you think he wants us to know that forgiveness? Of course he does. So we need to allow him by his spirit to minister deep to us. So all that stuff, the guilt or perhaps the shame that's churning around inside, that he can deal with that and set us free from it. Uh, baptism is such a fantastic picture, this being immersed, as it were, in the love of God, being united with Jesus in his death and resurrection, being washed clean. Now, it's just a symbol. It deals with the outside. But what it symbolizes is what God does on the inside. He washes us clean. And I suspect that just as every one of us needs to know the love of the Father more at the start of the new year, we all need to know afresh the wonder of forgiveness. That it's washed clean. Uh, I love, um, if you get to a beach, we're about as far away in England as it's possible to be from a beach anywhere. But Juliet and I have been walking some coast path and I love seeing the, the sea come up over a beach. And when it, and the tide goes down, you see just this beautiful, clean sand. Uh, when we've gone with our family to the beach, we dig and we make a right mess of the beach. And the next day you come back and it's washed clean, utterly clean. Your sins are forgiven, washed away because of what Jesus did. Do you know that? And as we pray at the end of this sermon, we'll pray not only for us to know the love of the Father more, but the wonder of sins forgiven. Third thing that happened at Jesus' baptism was the Holy Spirit coming, descending on him, filling him afresh. This is verse 22. The Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, said heaven was opened, and uh, uh, the Spirit came down. Now, it's the Holy Spirit who helps us to know that God loves us. As the Spirit came on him, you are my son whom I love. It's the Holy Spirit 
who helps us know we're forgiven. So the Holy Spirit helps us know we need forgiveness in the first place. If you think of your story of coming to faith, I find that most people around think they're pretty good and they get closer to Jesus and he shines his spotlight in and they realize, ah, I'm not as good as I thought I was. <laughs> I need, uh, the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. And if you're feeling aware of your need of forgiveness, that's a sign that God's at work in you. But then the Holy Spirit wants us to know that we are forgiven. And then he wants to fill us, not just to deal with the past, to get us back to neutral, but to fill us afresh with God's love, with his energy, uh, in order to live for him. Now, I don't know whether you made any New Year's resolutions two weeks ago, and if so, whether you're still keeping them. Um, We know we can't do it in our own strength. We need God's Holy Spirit in us. We need to energize us. Um, Last week, we had a longer passage read of John the Baptist, but one of the things John said this, this is Luke 3.16, John the Baptist said, uh, I baptize you with water, but one who is more powerful than I will come, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to untie. I give modern idiom, I'm not worthy to lick his boots. Uh, He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. If you're a Christian, how are you doing at the fire of the Spirit in you? Or are you just hanging in there by your fingernails? Some of us, it's been a tough Christmas. In our family, we've had bereavement. That's hard. Some have illness. Some have things they put down from last year, but you're picking them up again, and it's hard. God never promises it will be easy, but he does promise to be with us and the power and the energy of his Holy Spirit. Uh, To change the imagery, I love um, what the famous old American evangelist D.L. Moody used to say. He used to be known, he was uh, kind of the Billy Graham of his generation 100 years before. He used to pray every day that God would fill him with his Holy Spirit. And it became known that Mr. Moody used to pray this every day. And someone asked him, why do you pray every day to be filled with the Holy Spirit? He said, it's very simple, I leak. (laughs) I I need to be filled up again. And all of us leak. We all drift away from God. We rely on our own strength. It doesn't work. We get things wrong. We need to come back for fresh forgiveness. There's always fresh forgiveness. But we need fresh filling to be filled up or fresh fire. John says Jesus will baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, there is a health warning here. It sounds great to be full of the Spirit and full of God's energy and fire. But it's not easy. It wasn't easy for Jesus. The first thing that happened after his baptism was the Holy Spirit led him to the desert to be tempted for 40 days. Luke 4, this is what, Luke 4 verses 1 and 2. Um, That's the next one. Can we have the verse before that? There we go. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He hadn't done anything wrong. The Spirit led him to difficult seasons. And the Spirit allows us to go through difficult stuff because that's how God deals with us, our inner stuff that we need to deal with. Jesus emerges from the desert, verse 14, the next chapter 4, verse 14, Uh, in the power of the Spirit. So being filled with the Spirit doesn't mean life will be easy necessarily, 
often God allows difficult things to come because he's wanting to refine us. We sometimes sing the song, Refiner's Fire. The fire uh, burn away what's bad and fill us with what's good. So third question. First one, how are you doing at knowing God loves you? He delights in you. Second question, do you know you're forgiven? Third question, are you filled with the Spirit and with the fire? I suspect that all of us would say, we need a little bit more of all of that, really. We need to know God loves us. We need to know we're forgiven. We need to be filled afresh. Uh, And so that's what we're going to do, is we're going to pray that. Just before we do, if this is new to you, love to invite you to our Alpha course. You can pick up, we've got a little flyer at the back. It says, stay curious, try Alpha, get them on the welcome desk or right at the back. Uh, That will be starting on, I think is it Tuesday evenings this term, starting in February, so in two or three weeks' time. Uh, Alpha is such a good way to explore who Jesus is, who we are, the wonder of forgiveness, the filling with the Spirit. Love to invite you, if you've got any questions about this, to come and join our Alpha course and find out more, and you can sign up through the welcome desk or online through our website. But what we're going to do now is to pray. So if you're new among us, let me explain how this happened. I'll invite you to stand in a moment. The band will come back. In fact, band, you're very welcome to come back now. Uh, I'm going to lead in a prayer that God would fill us afresh by his Spirit. Uh, and we've got a little time. The children's groups don't stop for 10 minutes. We pick them up at, if you've got children, we pick them up at 10-2. Um, so we've got, we've got a few minutes. What I'd love to do is just lead in a prayer that God would fill us by his Spirit and help us know the love of the Father. Help us know our sins are forgiven. Help us be filled with fresh fire. And you can be filled with the Spirit right where you are. But I find sometimes it really helps me to take a step forward. And if that would help you, you're welcome as we pray to come and stand around the front or at the sides on the left and the right. And uh, just to say, God, I'm coming. I want more of you. Uh, And we'd love to to pray especially for you. So would you all stand at the moment? I'm going to lead in a prayer. And then in a minute, we'll invite you to come and come forward. Will can't wait. That's fine. You come forward and set the trend, Will. And we've got a special thing for you to lean on right there. But that's very handy. That's a good one. Let's pray for everybody. Lord Jesus, we're all in the same boat. You've made us in your image. That image is spoilt by sin in every part of us. And we need fresh forgiveness. We need fresh assurance of your love. We need fresh filling with your spirit. We pray again for anyone exploring the truth of this, that you'd open their eyes to the wonder. Pray you'd draw to our Alpha course. Everybody you want to come here or to Alpha courses around the town, the country, indeed the world. But now we pray for those here, for those watching online, Come by your Holy Spirit and minister to your people afresh. Come, Holy Spirit. We're just going to be still for a minute, first of all.
encourage you in the stillness maybe to open your hands as an expression of wanting to receive from God. And perhaps tell him what you'd most like. I want to know your love for me. I want to know I'm forgiven. I want fresh filling with your Holy Spirit. Ask him. And there may be someone here today who's been exploring these things for a while and who just says, yes, I want, to, I want in. And if that's you, say to the Lord, thank you for making me. I'm sorry I've gone my own way. Thank you that you died on the cross for me and rose again. Please forgive me my sin. Please come into my life by your spirit and help me to follow you. If you're praying like something like that, Jesus says, I will come in. Uh, please do let one of us know afterwards, a Christian friend or perhaps me or Eleanor, we'd love to help you. The Lord, many, most in this place have done that at some stage in the past and we pray for fresh filling. So if you'd like someone just to lay a hand on your shoulder and pray for you very directly, do come forward. I wonder if you could just start playing. Um, we're not going to sing quite yet, but Daniel, if you could just start playing. Uh, if folks would like to come forward, if you're in the balcony, you're welcome to come down and gather around the front as well. Uh, but just while that's happening... Can I encourage you just to carry on, as it were, being open to God's Spirit? Lord, there's so much more you've got to show us. That photograph we thought about earlier, we know there's more you've got to show us as we go into a new year, to show us more of ourselves, to show us more of who you are. And we just pray that you would have your way among us as a church family at the start of this new year. Come, Holy Spirit. And as people come forward, if a prayer ministry team would like to come and just come and lay a hand on a shoulder and pray, Lord, fill them with your spirit. If we could have some, those who are authorized to pray, if you're one of the leaders in the church, you lead a small group, you're part of the prayer team, come forward. But for all of us, Lord, we pray for fresh filling, fresh fire, fresh courage, fresh assurance of your love, full to overflowing overflow through us to those around who need to know this good news. Absolutely fine. Come more people just pray. Just very simple prayers. A hand on the shoulder. Lord, fill your child with your Holy Spirit. If you have more prayer team, doesn't need to be long prayer it's often very helpful to take a step and say I need this for me and we thank you Lord Jesus that you have all that we need and we pray for all of us that you would give more of yourself to us more of your spirit and help us be open we're going to sing our last song as the prayer's going on and if anybody else wants someone to pray with them, just come forward alongside. But we're going to pray uh, 
in the words of this song, it's not our strength, it's Jesus's. It's yet not I, but through Christ. So Daniel, when you're ready, let's go into the song and we'll sing and worship together. If you'd like someone to pray, just come forward and we'd love to pray for you. Let's pray in song together.